You heard all summer about the SEC, and the, you know there's only really two Power Five conferences in the country: the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, so we're we're in the Pee Wee League, and and you know we're gonna line up and see if we can play. Hello and welcome to Always College Football. Today is Tuesday, September 6th. We really appreciate you being with us. Hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. And we hope that you labored on Labor Day by watching Clemson at Georgia Tech. Excellent game. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. He's Mark Kubiak. I'm Greg McElroy. We have a great game plan in store for you today. We're going to talk with Mark Stoops, the head coach of Kentucky, as he's getting his team prepared for one of the biggest matchups of the weekend. Kentucky travels to Florida. We'll break that, de- that game down with Coach Stoops, and we will visit the mailbag, answer some questions. So we're going to be all over it today on a Tuesday edition of Always College Football. So without much further ado, let's talk about it. Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like players and fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear. More driven. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Clemson, Georgia Tech. Few takeaways in this game. One, let's start with Clemson's defense, okay? They are as advertised. Watching this game watching the athleticism that they now have at the second level, looking at how disruptive they are along the front, they are exactly what I thought they'd be. I I don't want to say that they're better than I thought they'd be because I had fairly high expectations, but moving the ball consistently against this defense throughout the course of this season will be insanely difficult. I actually thought, and this is the second takeaway, I actually thought that Georgia Tech had a fairly good offensive plan. That they did some creative things. Jeff Sims looks like he's bulked up a little bit. Looks like he's capable of being able to extend plays. And I thought, really, they put together a plan that would give them at least somewhat of an opportunity to try to expose some of the weaknesses that you might be able to find on this Clemson team. And it didn't work. <laughs> you know, if you look at this Clemson defense, man, all three levels, I knew that they'd be good in the front seven. That wasn't really that concerning to me. But the secondary, I thought, was better than I anticipated. I wasn't sure about the corner spot, but they clearly are going to be just fine there. I wasn't sure about safety. I thought they'd be good, but I wasn't sure if they'd be elite. I think they have a chance to potentially be elite at almost every position. So regardless of who they play in the ACC, you better bring your A game because it's going to be difficult to consistently move the football. Let's move over to the Clemson offense. Talk about them for just a minute. Left tackle, elite. The rest of the offensive line, I didn't see the crazy physicality that I was anticipating. I had thought, you know, maybe this is the year where they move just a little bit more towards a run-first style of attack. I thought that this group would be able to move you off the ball. 
Clemson, for a long time, has been solid along the offensive line. I've never considered their offensive line a liability. I wouldn't consider this group a liability either. But I just thought they'd be more dominant than they were. Hey, credit to Georgia Tech, too. I thought they played hard on defense. thought they really hung in there as best they could. But Clemson's group offensively, I'll be watching the offensive line very closely here in the weeks to come to see if they become a little bit more physical and create a little bit more continuity along the front. So that's takeaway number three. Takeaway number four, quarterback situation. You're probably surprised, Greg, why is this not takeaway number one? <laughs> Maybe it should be. But I don't know if DJ Uyunga lays the answer. I, I just don't. I, I thought there was an apprehension last night to push the ball down the field. Did think the lateral play to kind of spark the offense was very impressive. It was good understanding. It was a good job, too, by Shipley getting upfield. There were some things that I thought DJ did okay, but ultimately, and I feel like this is low-hanging fruit, and I apologize in advance. When Cade Klubnik went in the game, there was a different energy. When Cade Klubnik went in the game, felt like everybody's level of play raised just a little bit. I'm not indicating that there needs to be a quarterback change. All I'm saying is that if DJ doesn't play better, Cade Klubnik will be the guy. Because the performance last night from DJ, albeit not all on him, not all his fault. I thought the receivers did an adequate job, but far from an elite job of separating. DJ, if he doesn't play better, Cade Klubnik looks like he is very ready to step in and be a starting quarterback. Of course, hey. It's mop-up duty. It's the end of the game. Everything's easier at that point of the game. But that kid looks like he's the real deal. It'll be very interesting here in the weeks to come to evaluate this Clemson quarterback situation because I think there will be a lot of takeaways moving forward if Klubnik continues to go in the game and play like that. All right, we're thrilled to be joined with the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, He's Mark Stoops. Coach, what's going on? I'm doing all right, Greg. How about yourself? It's been a busy week, as you can imagine, getting back in the swing of things, but it feels good uh, getting into game two. It's always nice to get game one under your belt. It's it's one of those, it's kind of like when you get into game one, for instance, like I watched your game and studied the tape, and I I thought you guys played a solid game, you know, but it's like, man, you just kind of – hold your nose and just go into it because you're just not sure what you're going to get. So, like, how have you approached game one over the years? You've obviously done it now ten times at Kentucky. Yeah, yeah it, it's definitely, um, as I talk to the team each and every Monday, the situation is different each week. Obviously, last week, playing at home, uh, in an opener at home, and so everybody's overly excited, um, maybe playing an opponent that some people perceive is, is not as good. And so just getting the player's mindset right and then obviously – Totally different this week going on the road with a big challenge and uh, at the swamp. So uh, each week is different, and we try to talk about that on Monday and reemphasize it throughout the week. We, we, I will say this. We definitely learned some things throughout the years because sometimes they get overly hyped and come out. And so uh, for me, you know, it's, it's you know, a fine line between business-like approach and then uh, being a little bit mundane. Yeah, it, it was – I know that I, I remember as a player it's like, Week one, I was just so amped up. I mean, like, yeah. definitely worked against me, like, way too yeah. fired up. But it was eight months in the process of leading up to it. So I can't say it's it's out of character whatsoever. Uh, when you look at just what you guys did on both sides of the ball, what, what would you like to clean up from week yeah. one to week two based on you make a big jump here in week two? I think 
um, the way we started defensively, giving up a long drive, kind of just puts a bad taste in your mouth the, the rest of the, the day. And, you know, in the next nine possessions after that, it was uh, a punts, um, two field goals and uh, turnover on downs and a, and a turnover. So, you know, it just didn't like to start defensively. And that's getting off the field on third down. I felt like, you know, we had our opportunities and, uh, you know, lack of communication on one. We were too soft and just, you know, we got to get make some plays and get off the field on third down. Uh, I didn't like that defensively. And offensively, it, it was a weird game. We had nine possessions. And uh, I want to say we scored on – on six of the nine and in one of the other possessions, we had a 14 play drive that ended in zero points. So uh, we got to convert in the red zone and uh, be, be more efficient. Well, it was, I, I thought it was a solid performance coach and, and obviously a, a new challenge this week. This game uh, has become one of my favorites, Florida and Kentucky. I just, I love how you guys have approached it over the years. I love that it's now a big game for Florida as well because of how great your program's been built and just how competitive the game has been in the last handful of seasons. So, you know, how has this game, you know, how has it changed in your time at Kentucky to now becoming one of the best games in all of college football? Well, it definitely has changed, uh, as you know. Um, you know, when I first got here, I heard so much about the streak and and all those things. And, and really I wasn't concerned about it because we didn't have a good enough team. I mean, you know, and, it, and this is one game. And, uh, and so, you know, we had to listen to that for a lot of years, but we had to worry about ourselves and just become a better football program, be a better team, put ourselves in position to win more often. And, uh, you'll, you'll get those opportunities. And that's, you know, still the way it is. It's, this is, uh, a game in the SEC East. Uh, they're all important. And uh, it's a real challenge going on the road. So um, just just uh, you, you better get used to it, though, because we all know we have to go play in some really tough, hostile environments and you have to be able to handle it. Yeah, first of many, that's for sure. With, yeah. with all the places that you'll head this year, I know. But your team's a team that's built to go on the road. I feel like coach physical, you know, you got a good veteran quarterback offensive line. No, you'd like to see them maybe play a little bit better this week with how they handle some of the movement stuff. But. You know, do you ever feel like you kind of built this team to be able to handle challenges like this, knowing all the different hostile places you have to go? Yeah, I think that is definitely part of it. Um, and I, th I just think, you know, uh, trying to play with 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 physical, you know, being physical um, is going to help you in the long run and being more consistent. Uh, this is definitely a, a league where there's talent across the board, but you have to be uh, you know, physical up front or it's going to be a long day. And so I think that helps us. And as you mentioned, having a quarterback with the experience now of Will, um, you know, that, that gives us a lot of confidence as well. Coach, when you look at Anthony Richardson, uh, you've been doing this a long time. Uh, one of the great families of football, the Stoops family, is you, you've seen a lot of guys. Um, who would you say he compares to and, and how do you anticipate trying to contain him? Yeah, that's that's a tough call right now to try to compare him to to anybody um, just yet. Um, I was really impressed uh, with the way he played, just like everybody. Um, it was hard not to be. He uh, really did a lot of good things, and he he threw the ball uh, very accurate with great velocity. You could tell he could make throws all over the field, and obviously he uh, he can run, pull it down, and, and run uh, with ease. Uh, so very talented player. 
Um, there was times, you know, this past week where they had, you know, great pressure on him and he, and he got out of that. And there's times when they dropped in the coverage and he, and he pulled it down and scrambled. So he's one of those guys that puts a lot of pressure on you in different ways. What about the, your offensive plan? Obviously, first game with Coach Scans. Uh, thought there were some there were some positives with how you ran the football. It looks like the identity is going to be much of the same, it feels like, with some jet sweeps yeah. and some misdirection, cutting the field in half, things like that. So uh, where would you like to continue to grow? As, and as you look at this Florida defense, you know, where do you think, you know, they're obviously very strong and very talented across the board, but how do you guys want to attack them? Well, you know, for us, you know, it's it's about continuing to build on the good things that we've done in the past and what we've done in, in game one. Uh, as you, you mentioned, you know, at times we were efficient at running ball. Other times we weren't, you know, and we didn't play with the consistency uh, that I'd like to see up front. And uh, we have some youth uh, in, uh, outside at the receiver position. So, um, you know, we just we're concerned about ourselves and building and, and continuing to grow offensively. Um, you know, obviously that's anytime you play, a, a you know, Florida or anybody else in this league, there's going to be a lot of talent over there and a lot of, a lot of big physical guys. So I really like their secondary, you know, three of the four, um, returning and, you know, Trey Dean, uh, has been back there anchoring them for a while. Senior, uh, it's a, one heck of a player. Their nickel has a lot of experience. So, and they always have talented guys up front, you know, with Cox rushing and, and the others. So they put pressure on you at, at all levels. And by the way, coach, I wasn't sure about that receiving core. You know, it's one of those question marks that we had coming into the season. I'm not concerned about that group anymore. (laughs) You got some dudes out there now. Well, as I mentioned in the summer, I really felt like as a room, well, I I know it's the most talented group I've had as a, as a unit. And um, there's still some guys that are, that are coming along that are very talented players that just need some more practice reps and get, we need to get them in the game and get them going. Uh, but I really felt like there was a lot of talent there. And then the addition of Tavion, you know, gives us that experience inside, you know, because we, we, we lost one Robinson had to go get another one. So, uh, you know, Tavion really helped uh, fill that void of, of losing Wandell and really made a lot of big plays for us this past week. And, and the young outside receivers are, are very talented players and they're going to get better with every opportunity. And don't get me wrong. Wandell's not a big guy, but those are big shoes. And Tavion yeah. threw, threw one. I knew on the first play, Coach, you were going to be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> spot. Yeah. So. You're right. He's one of those guys that when the, when it comes on like the, the scrimmages and games, it's it's not that he's not a good practice player because he is. It's just when the game comes on, he has a great feel for it. And uh, he's done that in scrimmages. He's done it in the first game here. And I saw it on film. Um, he had over 100 yards. I want to say maybe 120 yards after catch. Uh, so it was pretty impressive for him in his debut. Yeah, he's going to be awesome. man. finally, we'll get you out of here on this um, big picture where Kentucky is as a program, uh, how different is the response now compared to 10 years ago when you go into a recruit's house or you're making the pitch and you're saying, hey, man, Kentucky is you need to come to Kentucky. How different is the response now, just given all the success that your program has had over the last decade? Yeah, the response is is really night and day. Um, If you're just asking specifically about that doesn't mean you're going to get Every player, as you know, there's competition in everything that we do. 
Um, but but it certainly gets us in just about every door. I mean, players are very receptive and very interested in, in what we have going on at Kentucky, and I'm proud of that. We've worked hard, and, you know, we have a lot of work to do to continue to grow as a program, but uh, we're certainly going in the right direction, and we're hungry to keep on improving. Well, you think, I think you know this. I love your program. I freaking mm-hmm. love your program. Blue collar, tough as nails, and it, it, they embody you, man. But I think of yeah. you – I think of your program. I'm not sure there's any any team that is more takes on the personality of their head coach more than the team that you've put on the field the last couple of years, man. So thank you so much for the time, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate the compliments and in uh, promoting our program. And our guys are working hard. I agree. I like the identity of this team, but uh, we've got to go prove it now. We got a big check, test this week. Oh, it'll be awesome. We'll be there uh, seven thirty. Or seven. Yeah. I don't know what time we're kicking it, Coach, but it's sometime yeah. at night on ESPN. <laughs> so we look forward to it, man. Thanks again. Have a great week of prep, and we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you. Take care. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, time for our news and notes segment. Unfortunate injury news that we need to get to. Tyler Shuck, starting quarterback for Texas Tech. He is going to be out at least two weeks, potentially longer, because of a left shoulder injury that he suffered in the opener against Murray State. Feel bad for this young man. Really do feel terrible for him. And then Mason Smith. The outstanding All-American hopeful at defensive tackle for LSU. He's out the rest of the year with a torn ACL. Just heartbreaking news there for Mason Smith. Let's start with the Shuck injury. Very disappointing. Um, Feel bad for the guy who missed nine games last year in 2021 because of an injury. To be able to kind of bounce back, you win a good, close, hotly contested quarterback competition. You get a fresh start with a new offensive coordinator, with a new head coach, and you get banged up in the first week against a lower-level team. It's really heartbreaking, man. I feel terrible for him. Donovan Smith will now be the guy. He looked good there down the stretch. He'll be fine. Like I said, this was a close quarterback competition. So if Donovan Smith plays plays well, then it might be his show going forward, regardless of the status of Tyler Shuck. So hate that for Tyler Shuck, but hopefully he can get back at some point, preserve a medical redshirt. I think he still has a year of eligibility left. Either way, just feel awful for the kid. And then Mason Smith, this is just heartbreaking. The guy makes an unbelievable play on the opening drive, is celebrating, jumping up in the air, lands awkwardly on his left leg, and tears his ACL, man. Feel awful for him. Had tears in his eyes on the sideline, talking to the staff from LSU last week. They praised Mason Smith for how hard he worked, how hard he practiced, and how much he loves the game. Said this guy loves football. He's angry if he misses a rep at practice. Uh, So to see him go down, he'd worked so hard to try to get in great shape, to have a great and impactful sophomore campaign after what was a pretty promising freshman year. 
but just feel awful for him. So hopefully prayers up, he'll get back to hundred percent, have surgery and return in 23 to be the force he was always bound to become. All right, now moving on to one of our favorite segments. I love this segment. Guess who said it? I did not do great last time around. I went two and one, got two, didn't get one. So we're going to do two sound bites here. Let's try to go two and oh, huh? I have not heard these. I have not seen these. But Kubiak's going to pick it out and try to make it tough on us. So Kubes, take it away. All right. The first one here. Quote, you know what? You'd like to be the underdog every week. I don't even know what the point spread was last week. We were probably the underdog last week. It's a good football team coming in here. You've heard all summer about the SEC, and there's only really two Power Five conferences in the country, the SEC and the Big Ten. So we're in the Pee Wee League, and we're going to line up and see if we can play. McElroy, guess who said it? Oh. So, ah. Uh. That's a tough one because I want to say it's got to be a, a you, there's a few things. Obviously, he's not in the Big Ten or the SEC. We know that. Um, but is he playing an SEC team this week? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Try to think. I'm going to guess. Yeah, I want to say Steve Sarkeesian, but that just doesn't sound like him. So uh, let's go Steve Sarkeesian. Ooh, that is incorrect. It is, in fact, an S. Uh, they are playing an SEC team. It's Pat Narduzzi. Pat, take a listen. You know, you like to be the underdog every week. I don't even know what the point spread was last week. We were probably the underdog last week at home. Um, you know, I know our crowd was the underdog for sure going into that game. Um, but you know, <laughs> it is what it, it is. What it is. It's uh, it's. Uh, it's a good football team coming in here, you know? Um, I mean, you heard all summer about the SEC, and, the, you know, there's only really two Power Five conferences in the country, the SEC and the Big Ten. Um, so we're, we're in the Pee Wee League, and, and you know, we're going to line up and see if we can play. Okay, that is – like, I should have gotten Pat Narduzzi. Like, he's been on edge all offseason. Like, <laughs> he's all cranked up, and he's mad all the time. He's fired up. He's mad at ESPN last week, saying that they disrespected his fans. Like, I mean – Pat Narduzzi is just really ticked off at the world right now. So I should have 100% read into that, knowing that that game's coming up. It's a massive game, too. Like, that's so much more Narduzzi than Sarkeesian. That's an awful guess by me. So 0-1. All right, what next? All right, this one. Guess who said this? It's one game, you know? It's a chance for us to do what we love to do. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking that this is going to be the game that's going to define our program. It might. <laughs> it might not. I'm not that concerned about it. I'm more concerned with just the way we play the game. McElroy, guess who said that? Steve Sarkeesian. That is correct. Here's coach. <laughs> Sark obviously on the mind. I, I think one of the one of the biggest mistakes people make is like, this is gonna be the game that's gonna define our program. I don't it might, it might not. I, I'm not that concerned about it. I'm more concerned about just the way we play the game. I, mean, I think he's 100% right. Like, people are going to completely overreact if this game goes sideways. Uh, they're going to say, look, at Texas, Sark's, Sark's got them to just stand still. Like, they haven't gotten any better and all this other stuff. When in reality, if it does go sideways, it's because Texas is three years in or two years into a rebuild. Whereas Alabama is a team whose culture has been firmly established for the last 15 years. So they, they shouldn't at this point be able to compete 
every single week against a team like Alabama. Like they'll get there and, and maybe in time they'll get there and hopefully this week they're competitive. But if they get beat badly, the overreaction is going to be outrageous. Uh, I'm not sure it's entirely fair, but it sounds like, you know, Steve Sarkeesian setting up for that possibility. So I don't, I don't love, I don't love reading between the lines there with the quote that he put out. All right, now one of our favorite segments to dive into the mailbag, answer the outstanding questions that we receive from you. Please hit us up at alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. Submit your mailbag questions. we got a long list. We're going to start checking them off one by one as we navigate throughout the season. So, Mark, what do we got? All right, we got David in Fayetteville. Arkansas had an impressive win over Cincinnati on Saturday. Where do you see the Hogs in the SEC West? Second best team? I thought it was a really impressive win. And now that is a good Cincinnati football team. I actually came away from it thinking, man, since he's solid. I mean, they actually, they more adequately replaced the pieces that are gone than I anticipated. So I was very impressed with what I saw from Cincinnati, but I was really impressed by what I saw from Arkansas. I thought they'd be a load, thought they'd be able to run the football. I was very impressed with how Trey Knox fits into this offense. He's going to be a problem because he's just an overgrown weapon at wide receiver that can play some tight end. And it's just going to be, He's going to be a little bit of a matchup nightmare. I think they have good perimeter skill. Know the running backs are great, but this team's going to go as K.J. Jefferson goes. I thought he played beautifully last week. Uh, you can tell he's slimmed down. You can tell he's faster. You can tell he's more explosive. And this offense is really going to run through him. So it was a job well done by the Hogs offensively. Defensively, things to clean up. Really concerned about the Jalen Catalan injury. Very, very concerned. When he went down, they had a couple other injuries there in the secondary as well. You could tell that this secondary is not super deep, so they need him back and back in a hurry. Sam Pittman has not updated his status just yet, so fingers crossed that it's not a significant injury because he is, of course, one of the best secondary defenders in the entire Southeastern Conference. So hate that Jalen Catalan got banged up, but it was a job well done by the Hogs to get a good gutsy win, and now it'll be a tough one again this week as they welcome South Carolina to Reynolds Razorback Stadium. All right, next question, Greg, comes from Lauren in Kentucky. Louisville got embarrassed in Syracuse on Friday night and now travels to UCF this week. What can Scott Satterfield do to give Louisville fans hope, especially with a schedule that now looks a lot more daunting? Yeah, I I was shocked by that outcome. I thought Syracuse had a really good chance to win the game. Um, Just the reaction of all the, you know, gamblers out there saying that Syracuse, you know, Louisville's the play of the week. That was like, that was all I needed to hear to know that if, if everyone's aligned on Louisville, Syracuse is definitely going to be in a, in a position to, I think, make some noise. First takeaway, though, more so than more so than anything else, uh, this was a very impressive performance in a lot of ways by Syracuse. Uh, the new look offense looked really good. Schrader was excellent. I just thought that they were, looked really, really solid. What I was most concerned of about with Louisville, I mean, offensively, man, can't really manufacture any rhythm. It was just, it was a bad, it was a bad day. I mean, it was a really bad day. Now I'm not going to say that they put the nail on the coffin. It's they can't get back because they still have good players, but I was just anticipating a little bit more creativity. I was expecting a lot better execution. And as a result, man, uh, I mean, it just goes to show you if you don't play well at all, you can get run. And that in the ACC, I think the league top to bottom is a whole heck of a lot better than it was. 
Um, I know a lot of people will say, well, did you watch the Carolina teams? Yes, I did. I, I saw all those, but I also saw Duke. You know, Duke played pretty well. <laughs> Duke played really well on Friday night. So uh, I look at, at the, really the league as a whole. I think everyone is capable of doing what Syracuse did to anyone else, except Clemson. Like Clemson won't get run, but just the league is better. So you better show up and be ready to rock because if you don't, you can get embarrassed. And that's what happened to Louisville last week. And it, it was kind of a, it was one that I did not see coming. I thought Louisville would be better this year and they have a lot to figure out here going into week two of the season. All right. This one comes from Bob in Rochester. What's an under the radar game this week that could really move a team season in the right direction? Uh, there's a there's a bunch of under the radar games this week because it's not a, a super sexy week on paper. Yes, there are sexy matchups within it. Obviously, Tennessee Pitt in, is going to headline. We know that Texas Bama is going to headline. We know that Florida Kentucky is going to headline. Like we we know those are the big headline games. I'm sure there's a couple others that I'm forgetting, but there were a few that I picked out that I looked at. When I saw that this was going to be the question, Louisville and UCF, the aforementioned Louisville, uh, UCF is interesting in this spot because this is their power five opponent. Uh, UCF looked really solid last week. And UCF, too, if you look at their schedule, I'm not saying that they're going to go undefeated or anything, but I'm saying that it's possible. I mean, if you look at, at how it all lines up and their challenging games and, and where they play, when they play, all this other stuff, this is one of the trickiest games on the schedule. So if they can take care of business here, you know, then you got a 2-0 UCF team, and they're going to potentially gain some steam and some momentum heading into the American Athletic Conference play. Another one I saw was Missouri at Kansas State. That game to me is interesting. Uh, Missouri, you know, kind of a sluggish start last week against Louisiana Tech, eventually ended up getting away. Kansas State, you know, I think they're going to be one of the more improved teams in the Big 12. I think the Big 12, I've said it for a while now, I think the Big 12 top to bottom is as deep a league as there is. Uh, as far as the difference between team one and team eight, it, the gap is not that significant in, in the Big 12. At least it doesn't feel like that to me. So that game's really interesting. Uh, UTSA at Army. You want to talk about under the radar. Uh, both these teams 0-1, but both these teams are very, very capable. So this game is very interesting. Iowa State and Iowa, of course, naturally, that's going to be a massive one. Houston at Texas Tech, another significant game. Houston ranked, survived a thriller last week against UTSA. They go, go on the road against their Power 5 opponent for the year. Texas Tech looks better. Texas Tech will, of course, be without Tyler Shuck. We talked about that, but I don't think Donovan Smith's going to struggle whatsoever. Uh, naturally, how does Houston bounce back after the overtime thriller against UTSA? So that game, I think, is really interesting. And then finally, probably my favorite game of the weekend. You're going to say, what? My favorite under-the-radar game of the weekend. Oregon State at Fresno State. I love Oregon State. Oh, they looked awesome. Awesome on Saturday night. So if they can carry over some of that momentum, continue to work the play action game, continue to work on some of the downfield throws. Nolan looked really solid. Run game didn't look like it skipped a beat against a good Boise State team, a proud Boise State team. So uh, very interested to see what happens with these teams moving forward. But that game to me on Saturday night is really interesting. So a lot to get to, a lot to look forward to. We'll do 10 things we want to learn tomorrow. We appreciate everybody for being with us. Please like, rate, and subscribe wherever you're getting the content. Whether that's on ESPN's YouTube channel, if you're here with us on podcasts, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. It helps the show out and tell your friends, too. Word of mouth is huge here 
in this industry. So tell them, hey, we're talking college football every single day. We're breaking down all the stories. We're trying to get to a million games. So going to be a lot of fun. We will break down more games tomorrow. We're going to have Chris the Bear Felica coming up later in the week as well to break it down from a gambling angle. So a lot still to do here on Always College Football in the days to come. For Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, it's always college football. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.